This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. So this morning, I want to talk to you about a very important matter. And I'm asking the question, <clears throat> what has God created us to do for others? What has God created us to do for others? I will give you the title of my message. Well, I suppose there you see it now. But um, what has God created us to do for others? I believe here at Christian Family Church, that is exactly why God has created us. To do something for others. Are you hearing me this morning, church? We are, we've been created by God to do something for others. We, we were not created or God did not create the church for the church. Oh, I thought it was for me. The church is an institution, a group of people on a mission. And that is what Jesus taught us. We are on a mission. Now, here at Christian Family Church, we have four ways and four short phrases that we like to use to explain to you how you can embark upon your journey and how you can embark upon your mission to do something for others. The first thing that we expect of each and every one of our members, and you'll be hearing this more and more and more as we go on, and especially in the new year, folks, first weekend of the new year, we're going to have Vision Sunday. In actual fact, the whole of January is Vision January, and we're going to have a great time imparting a brand new vision to you. But nevertheless, four simple phrases that I would like to impart to you this morning. The first one is that you must know God. You must connect with God and you must also connect with people. It is important not just to know about God or mentally discern Him, but you must have an intimate relationship with Him. Because if you know God, if you have a relationship with Him, then you can understand the things of God and you can understand what is your purpose in this world. I want you to know that uh, to know God is not joining a church and abiding to certain rules and regulations. The next thing that you need to know is, so know God is number one. The second thing is that you need to find freedom and you need to belong in the body of Christ. We all want to belong. But there are some of us that go through life and there are things that are keeping us back. We are not free in certain areas. And it is true, yes, that someone here today, even sitting in this church, not someone, many of you sitting in the church today are not free. But Pastor Johnny, I'm in a leadership position. I should be free. But you're not. And if you're not free, you need to become free. You need to find freedom. And so it is important to find freedom and to belong. There is something in our lives that keeps us from experiencing our best life ever. Or the life that we know we could have lived. Is it possible that people can be in bondage all their life? There are people that are going through that every day. We want you to know here at Christian Family Church, you need to be free and you can become free. And we're going to help our members, our congregation to be free. Because the minute you are free, you can become fulfilled. And the minute you're fulfilled, you can be productive in what you do. The third thing that I want to talk about or the phrase that we're going to use, so know God, find freedom and belong, is discover purpose. You must discover 
your purpose. Each and every one of us have a purpose. God has ordained it. God has hardwired it into your DNA. You have a purpose. You were not born on this earth by accident. Forget what mommy and daddy told you. Say, ah, sorry, you were a clipsy. Yeah, we didn't plan you, but you came. No. And so all of a sudden you feel like you were an afterthought or not intended. You were not supposed to be there. I want you to tell you that that's a lie from the devil. God has got a plan for you. God planned it from the beginning since the foundations of the earth that you would be born because you are the only one that can solve certain problems. No one else can. Only you. And that's why God created you, so that you can discover purpose. There are a couple of things that's important. There are two very important days, apart from the day you got born, which is very special in the eyes of God. But there are two other days that are even more important. Number one is the day that you get born again, a very important uh, day, because now you discover your relationship with God. But the second most important day is the day you discover purpose. Why am I here on this earth? The tragedy is that 9 out of 10 people do not discover purpose. 9 out of 10 people do not know what their purpose is. And that is a tragedy that you live your whole life not knowing what your life is really all about. And you can find out here at Christian Family Church from next year onwards, we're going to make available a program called Growth Track. And you in one of those sessions can discover your purpose and what you love. You might say, I always love to just park cars. Now we're going to discover that with you. And eventually we're going to connect you into the dream team. And you're going to be part of our parking crew. Or maybe you love kids. Or maybe you like to greet. Or maybe you like to do this or that or whatever. Or maybe you always wanted to be like an undercover security officer here at the church. Or something like that. I don't know. James Bond. We're going to connect you. Amen. So we're going to discover purpose. Know God. Find freedom. Discover purpose. Look at this statement. The ultimate purpose of my life is to make a difference. The ultimate purpose of my life is to make a difference. Which brings me to the fourth phrase and which I would like to elaborate on today. Make a difference. Grow and develop. Don't just be like a bump on a log. Make a difference. As it says here, the ultimate purpose of my life is to make a difference. God has hardwired you. He has already put inside of you the feeling, listen to this very carefully, of gratitude every time you do something that matters. That life is what sociologists called a transcendent life or completely fulfilled life where it is more important about them than about you. I don't know about you, but when you do a good deed, you feel good inside. And you feel gratitude. Surely when you give somebody that you know that's got less than you, or that's got nothing, and you do something good for them, you, if, if your thing is, well, I've got more than you, you know, pff, sorry. You've got a problem. You need freedom. <laughs> Amen. We'll take you to freedom groups. But family, I know for myself is that when I help somebody that's got less than me, less fortunate than me, I feel gratitude because I say, I'm not in that place. So what can I do to help this person? Amen.
And that should be our attitude to make a difference in someone's life that cannot do it for themselves today. But when I do it for them today, tomorrow, then they can make a difference in someone else's life. Amen. So God has hardwired you for this. It's part of you. You can't say, no, I don't like it. I'm not going to do it. It's in you already. You just need to discover it. Mother Teresa said this, a life not lived for others is not a life. So you might be sitting and say, Pastor Johnny, my life stinks. I mean, I, I, I just don't like my life. My life is just terrible. So many things go wrong all the time. Maybe it's because you are focusing more on your own needs, being selfish, instead of focusing on others, the reason why you were created. The hardwired DNA inside of you, and you're fighting that thing, and that's why you're miserable. The holiday season offers us many opportunities to show good to others. Between now and Christmas, this is the, this is the time of the year where there's more suicides from now until Christmas or to New Year than any other time combined in one year. Because people feel alone. People feel like nobody cares. And we're not going to let this happen here at Christian Family Church, family. Amen? So Paul implies, the Apostle Paul implies that really all of us has something to give. We all have something to give. I've got nothing. You've got something. I've got nothing. You've got something. We are all rich in some kind of way. It could be that your smile is contagious. Nanaka, I mean, her whole personality is just so contagious. She's got something to give. She's rich in some things. Amen? Come on. And are some of you that are just so great with people, you are rich in things. You've got something that you can give. Some of you are just there to support people and help them to make, to give them pleasure so that they can just have a great time. That's your gift. You are rich in gifts. We are all rich in some kind of a way. Look what it says here in 1 Timothy 6. Command those who are rich, you that are rich with all these endowments, not money necessarily, in this present world, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them, I command you, Christian Family Church, to do good, to be rich in good deeds. How rich are you this morning? How rich are you in good deeds? And to be generous and willing to share. Wow, what a mouthful. Now, we don't preach the theology here that you must give everything away when you become a Christian. You must keep some to enjoy for yourself. But you can be generous. You can do good. You can be rich in good works. In this way, the Bible continues to say, they will lay up treasure for themselves. You will lay up treasure for yourselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So we see two things here. The coming age after this, so when we go to be with the Lord, that we, we lay up treasure for ourselves. We lay up treasure for ourselves so that in the life to come, 
we will enjoy these things, but more so, so that we can fulfill our destiny and our purpose here on the earth. Look what it says here in Titus 1 verse 6. They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny Him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. I think I've given you a couple of scriptures already just to show you that God wants you to do good deeds. God wants you to be rich in good deeds. Let's go on here in, in Titus 2 verse 7. It says, in everything, set them an example by doing what is good. Christian Family Church, I'm commanding you to set an example to your other fellow believers and especially to the unsaved world to do good or to do things that is good. In Titus 3 verse 1, remind the people, let me remind you, Christian Family Church, to be ready to do whatever is good. <laughs> when, Pastor Johnny? Whenever. Amen? So I'm going to keep on reminding you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to instruct you. I'm going to command you to do the best you can to make you ready to leave the walls of this church to tell the world Christian family church is out of church and we're coming into the world, into the unsaved world, and we are ready to do good. Titus 3 verse 8, the Bible says, I want to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good devote yourself to doing what is good these things are excellent and profitable for everyone now he didn't stop there he goes on in titus 3 verse 14 and he says our people must learn to devote themselves in other words it's not something that comes naturally we have to learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order that they may provide for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. Wow. So in other words, if I'm not devoted to doing good, I'm living an unproductive life. Because that's contrary to the way that God has hardwired us. Isn't that true, family? So today and this morning, I'm going to give you the simplest message ever. I almost feel... I need to apologize that this message is going to be so basic. Because you're going to say, Pastor Johnny, I can't believe it's so easy. Can't you, can you not go deeper? No, I'm not going to go deeper. I'm going to go and keep it basic. Because we need to keep it simple. How to do good deeds. What I've learned is that someone who is drowning does not want to know the Greek word for life raft. They want you to throw them one. Don't explain it. Do it because that is what I think Christianity is all about. Just do something good. I wonder, I wonder if he really needs it. I wonder if he's not going to now sell it and then buy dacha and top and whatever. Just do good. Just do good. Come on. So I'm going to give you three questions and three answers on how you can do good. The first statement I want to make is, 
Why should I do good? That's a good question. Why should I do good? Well, first of all, you might say because that person needs it or because the Bible instructs me to do that and obedience is great to the Word of God. Thank you for that. But hey, I want to put it to you this way that when doing good, it gives you gratification and you feel good about it because you are doing what the Word of God is expecting you to do. But more so, it allows you to enjoy that moment as well. I mean, I've got a, a petrol attendant and, uh, uh, you know, recently he filled up my car. So I decided, you know what? Normally, you know what I mean. You look in your wallet. Okay, is it like one rand, two rand, 50 cents, 10 cents? And, uh, and you give him like maybe four or five rand. Some of us, some don't. And so I thought, no, I'm not going to give him any change. I'm going to give him 50 bucks for filling up my tank. So he came there, he swiped my card, everything else. I said to him, listen, brother, I just want to give you a tip to say thank you for servicing me so well this morning, taking care of my car. And so here is 50 rand for you. Now, he doesn't get 50 rand often. I can assure you because his face just completely lit up and he received that with gladness. The next thing is like, hey, should we not just pump the tires here as well and something there, something there? I said, no, so I'm okay. I'm going. You see, I made a difference. I made a difference. You need to grab onto this family and you need to hear this because the question is, do we really do it? Do we really do it? Doing good is God's destiny for me. When you grab that thought, doing good is God's destiny for me. You see, people talk about destiny like an event. It's going to happen still. My destiny is still coming. No, your destiny is right here now today, maybe sitting right next to the person there next to you. Okay? When you leave this place, your destiny is right there where you're going to. On your way somewhere, that's your destiny. Don't wait. Yeah, you know, one day when I'm called, when, when I fulfill my destiny, I'm going to do that as well. I'm going to give 51 rand. Your destiny is at the restaurant that you're going to this afternoon after the service. Your destiny is at maybe one of these restaurants out here that you're sitting there. Yeah, but they, 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 I don't know. (laughs) Do good. I dare you to do good. So please don't make it any more difficult than it is. You can leave here today and be called to the ministry as I am called to the ministry. But if you don't go out there and do something about it, then I don't know what else to say to you. I command you. I instruct you to do this. Listen to this. Because you see, doing good in your calling is what God has created you to be. Look at it says here in Ephesians 2.10. For we are all God's workmanship created, created in Christ to do good. It's in you to do good. Stop resisting it. Stop being stingy. uh, You know, uh, um, ever since I got the revelation of this message, I've been giving more than what I can give. So when I get to a restaurant, I don't just give them the customary 10%. Well, some people don't even give them a tip. They go there and they have a meal for like 1,500 rand. I mean, uh, waste some of the food. And they don't even uh, tip their server, their waiter. That's disgusting. (laughs) And then when you give him, you say, here's 20 bucks. 
on your 1,200 bill, 1,200 rand bill. We should at least, in this country, give 10%. So his tip should be 120 rand, at least. And then don't say, hey, check me. You're just doing your reasonable duty. Come on. Why don't you give 200 rand? Why don't you go ahead and bless him and do good and give him 300 rand so that when he picks it up, he's like, wow. Why don't you do good? And I promise you afterwards, you will feel the gratification because you've just changed and affected a person's life. You never know what they need that money for. Amen? Doing good is God's destiny for, destiny for me. You've been specially created. You've been crafted, as it says then in Ephesians 2.10. You've been created, you've been crafted to live. No, not to live, to do. What? Good deeds. Amen? Mother Teresa said it this way, we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. What are you modeling today? So you might say, okay, Lord, uh, what would you have me do with what I'm able to do? What shall I do? You know, what can I do just to make an offering? How, how do I do this? I mean, some of you will know, um, you know, when you go to the grocery stores, you have these ladies there uh, and they're cooking maybe sausage and cheese and biscuits and they're testing samples. How many of you know that? Okay. Now, I don't like to go shopping with my wife, but the, the times that I do go, okay, because she's dragging me there, okay, then um, I go and I look for the samples, okay, so, uh, and you're supposed to just to take one, mm, and then you buy a pack of sausage or whatever, wash, okay, so I'll go there and I eat maybe three or four, mm, 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 yeah. so I like the samples, okay, and in the same way, family, when you're going out there today to do good, you are offering samples of what it is that you were created to do, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on. By your lifestyle, by what you do, you're saying, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? The second question I want to ask you. So we spoke about how. We spoke about, oh, sorry, why. Why? The second question I want to ask you is, where should I do good? You should do good all the time in good places. It's time for the church to get out of the church. It is, in fact, good things need to happen in bad places. And I'm going to show you what, what you as the church are doing in bad places just now. You see, uh, there, there, there used to be an advert on TV. Um, for those of you that seen it, you will relate to this easily. But basically, um, this photographer, you see it just behind the lens, is taking pictures of people. But they are really, and I don't mean this facetiously, but they're ugly people. And they're taking pictures. And you can see they feel very self-conscious. They don't feel confident. And after a while, the people are asking, why are you taking a picture of me? Why are you doing this? And the photographer behind the camera, while she's clicking away, she's saying, I'm taking pictures of beautiful things. And you can see how their countenance changes. Do good in bad places. Amen? Don't just find it, oh no, yeah, when I go now to Creme there at a, a ball of Africa, you know, I'll find the right oak there and the right time. Yeah, baby, bless you, brother. Even do it in bad places. 
Maybe it's the guy that's looking after your car. Maybe it's the guy that's just in the parking lot there. Maybe it's somebody that the Lord just places on your heart. Move upon your heart. Do good for him. Where shall I do good? Anywhere. Look what it says here. Do good wherever I am. Do good wherever I am. So if I'm here, then that means God wants me to be here. That means I was created to do good. So then I must do good now. Don't wait, oh, some, something's going to happen. Maybe a star will come down or something. Something. You know. No, do good now. Let me give you an example of how unplanned it can be. In Acts 3, the Bible says this. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. A most solemn, a most sacred time of the day. Now a man was there, lame from birth, was being carried to the to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. I want you to notice, every day he was there, every day Christians were walking past him and didn't help him. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. So family, we're not always supposed to give money. But you've got two arms. Why don't you give them a hug? You've got to smile. <laughs> I know it's difficult for some, okay? But you've got to smile. Why don't you just give a smile at somebody? Make them feel good. Mm -hmm. You can do so much more. And if you do have lots of money, then give them money as well. But do good. It's not just about money. It's about your nature, the way you were created. So it goes on to say then, Acts 3, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. All sometimes, all people, some people need, it's just a hand. Won't you just help me up? Won't you just help me on my way? Let me just help you in this direction. We always think, ah, oh, the guy's going to ask me now for transport, for place to sleep, blankets, for money. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and then you wonder why your life stinks. I'm trying to get you to tune into this principle. Dr. Albert Schweitzer said this, keep your eyes open for the little tasks because it's the little kind of tasks that are important to Jesus. Now, Dr. Albert Schweitzer was a guy that built many hospitals throughout Africa. And you might say to me this morning, Pastor Johnny, I've never heard of this guy. Where's all the hospitals that he's built? My theory is that you people are going through life so fast that you cannot notice. Listen to this. Hurry is the enemy of love. Hurry is the enemy of love. Why don't you slow down? Take time to see. Give him something. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen, family? So don't hurry. Take your time. When you're standing maybe in your queue there for Nando's or for KFC for your three strips or for your wings or whatever the case may be, won't you just look at the person that's serving you? Won't you look at maybe the person behind you? Might be that the Lord says, won't you go and bless that guy? So when the guy comes back and says, listen, I'm going to pay for all his food. Let me just pay for it. Whatever the case may be, just look and appreciate and have gratitude of what is happening in your life. We need to slow down because that is not the language of love. It says in 1 Corinthians, nothing 
or sorry, nobody should seek his own good, but the good of others. This is your purpose. This is your why of Christianity. This is the way every, uh, uh, this is the way. This is where you're at right now. So the first question is, why should I do good? The second one is, where should I do good? My third question is, how should I do good? The Holy Spirit is inside of you. Because you know God. And He's giving you promptings all the time. Go and tell them. Do this. Be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And when you do that, you are constantly in the right place to do good. To do good. Because the Holy Spirit is not going to place you in an uncomfortable position. But you need to receive it. You need to soften your heart. And you need to move as He tells you. He's giving the promptings. Do good wherever the Spirit leads me. This is a divine appointment today, tomorrow, next week, this year, next year, next year. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. You see, family, you are children of God as the church. You are led by the Spirit. Do good when the Spirit leads you in that area. You might say to me, Pastor Johnny, how can I live this out practically? I'm going to give you six ways that you can live it out practically. First of all, you can invite people to church. You can invite people to church. Now, we're going to hand out these cards one of these days, all right? Oh, well, not one of these days, sorry. This is the morning when you leave, okay? Through those doors. They're going to be on tables. I want to encourage you to take as many as you want, okay? But this is not to drop it in a post box. This is for you. It says there. Something extra. Oh, well, you see, this is so, so small, so I made my own card. Okay. Something extra to show you God loves you. And so do we at Christian Family Church. Amen. So I want you to take these cards, and I want you to go and invite people to church. Do something good, because they're going to say, wow, thank you for the tip. Thank you for this. Thank you for the hug. Where, where are you from? What do you do? I go to Christian Family Church. Why don't you join me next weekend? Give them this card to invite them. Secondly, you can bring them tonight to the Nativity Play, because you're going to some restaurant today. You're going to reach out to somebody today. Won't you invite them? Just something extra to show you that God loves you. Bring them to the service on Christmas Day. It's non-confrontational. Our services are now created as a worship experience. Bring them to New Year's service. Each time when you give them a card, invite them. Show them an act of kindness. Now I want to show you quickly. We as the church, you as the church, we've done this. Just go to the next slide. We as the church, we're showing an act of kindness. This couple's home burned down recently. And uh, we as the church, we're going to... We're going to rebuild their, their house. We're going to plaster up some of the areas that need plastering up. We're going to rebuild their roof. Sorry, their roof. The whole roof fell in. And we're going to rebuild the rafters and the sink and everything on top of it. And we're going to make it just nice. Just why? Just as an act of kindness. Just to show you God loves you. And you don't have to give anything to it because you already gave into the plate. You're already a tither. You're already a giver. So we're going to take that money and we're just going to do that for them. Amen, family. So this morning, in conclusion, you have been treated generously, so live generously. You've been treated generously, so live generously. The title of my message is Paying It Forward. Pay it forward. What you've received, do for others. 
so they can do for others. And in time, this country will be the most prosperous country. We won't have unemployment in this country because of what God can do through us. God bless you. Did you receive the word this morning? Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.